0: When I was a little girl, I believed in fairy tales. I wished my toys would come to life and that my stories could be real. Then, through all the noise and confusion, I believed it was all an illusion. The world had faded black and white, nothing seemed to That my dreams never die As long as I keep the magic inside
1: In magic. Previously in Episode 7, Joe settled herself into the village routine. She learned there was a bunyip living in the bush called Gerald. He was the only hope Joe had of returning back to the right time. They all went on a search to find the bunyip.
2: Iki was having trouble teaching the Mac creatures the gentle art of meditation. Their rough persona was driving her insane. Maybe it would be easier if she tried to travel herself to Joe. The plan she derived would enable her to be free of the annoying creatures. The holiday was turning into a nightmare, and she missed Joe and her mum and dad terribly. These Scottish creatures were just stupid, stupid and stupid – not to mention annoying to a slurper Down's brilliant child, I think I
3: will ask the universe to send me back to where Joe had gone. There shouldn't be a problem.
2: Iki had to think about how she was going to manage it. How could she get away from the Mac creatures? That was going to be a challenge as they were sticking to her like glue.
3: i better disappear out of their sight. Don't want to make a big scene.
2: She made an excuse that she desperately needed to go to the bathroom all nodded and kept up their awkward attempts to travel. The sight was hilarious to see as they made all types of straining faces and mechanical movements, all in the name of getting from one place to another. Iki managed to escape their notice. She closed her eyes and asked the universe for universal love, help and cooperation. The familiar colours arrived and swirled around her small furry body, the visions of blue light and purple light comforted her.
3: Let's get out of here, I've had enough of Scotland.
2: The sun was above the horizon now, the air warming, heating up her fur. Iggy was airborne, rising quickly on the breezes that gently cocooned her body. She soared higher, swivelling her slurp at down's head, and her eyes gazed at the land features below. Her body was whipping in the wind as it corkscrewed away from the earth travel she did and she was elated she drifted through fluffy clouds and around the tall trees over fences through fields of fragrant wildflowers and then landed with a thud looking around and shaking the rich red colored dirt from her fur she squealed with delight as she recognized where she was home at last She began to sing the Australian anthem, dancing with joy and relief. Hooray!
3: Hooray! I travelled myself home today. I knew I could do it and I thought it would be fine. The best thing of all, Iki slips it down, is that I did it
2: in record time. She moved but felt something pressing against her. She poked her hand out but invisible pressure bounced back at every moment.
3: Oh, no! It looks like I've managed to get myself stuck in some kind of invisible bubble. I can see out, but how can I get out? That's strange, because I was okay when I hit the ground. Gosh, maybe the ground had a curse on it. Maybe I landed on sacred Aboriginal land, and it's protected with an old spell. Why do so many stupid, smelly things happen to me? can't understand why I'm a very
2: good, perfect-in-every-way slurped-downs. Iki could move. The only trouble was she was cocooned in some strange time shield. All I can do is keep going. I'm sure that when I
3: reach the village, Peppy will have an explanation. Yes, there will be a good answer to my predicament. Peppy will know how to release me. It must be some kind of travel
2: time problem. Iki walked for hours. She was shocked to see how dejected the bush looked. The leaves on the gum trees looked dry and weary, and there seemed to be very few animals wandering around. In fact, she hadn't seen a kangaroo anywhere. Memories of the past started to crowd her mind. It had all been an exhilarating, scary experience in Scotland. Too much of a good thing, and now it has turned into such a mess. She did feel unhappy that she hadn't said goodbye to Seamus, but home was where she needed to be. And Joe was her bestest friend. She couldn’t wait to grab her and give her a slurp at Down’s cuddle. Iki had been so frustrated and fed up with the Mac creatures, all the fun had disappeared out of her adventure. Tears started to fill up her beautiful slurp at down green eyes, and she bit her lip. Not wanting to waste time, Iki continued to walk through the cold, dry bush, battling with the bubble that wrapped around her. Back at the search party, the two naughty creatures walked behind the large bunyip. They knew that they were in trouble and hoped he would smooth over their awkward situation.
1: Got it together, boys? It's time to come clean and face the music. My idea of a joke may break the ice. Let me think on a joke you can use. Which room has no door, no window, no floor, and no roof?
3: Bunyip, we don't
1: need a new joke from you. Our dad's taught us how to invent jokes. Well, obviously you don't need help or the answer to my joke. I'll look forward to hearing your made-up joke. I'm warning you. It better be good. (laughs) Think quickly, as we're getting closer to your dads. What if we missed the joke part and started acting smart? It would be good to talk about saving the environment. Everyone is interested in that subject. Hmm. So you both know how to save the environment. Hmm. Very interesting, I would say. Norris, do you know how to shave your necks? I think that your dads will probably want to wring them. (laughs) Bunyip, you're just trying to scare us again. Our dads are adventurous like us. They will understand. Okay. Well, what about your moms back in the village? They won't be too happy with you taking off on an adventure without letting them know where you're going. You may dodge punishment from your dads, but what about angry mothers? (sighs) Oh, gosh. Good point. I never really thought about the consequences of sneaking out. We will be grounded for about ever. I could even make up the more chores around the house and that will be horrific. Let's pick bush flowers, then we'll calm them down. Mothers like flowers. I guess you could say you were picking flowers for them and got lost. But I think honesty is the best policy.
3: Come on,
1: you two crittlings. There is less than two minutes to decide what you're going to say. I suggest you put your thinking caps on. This is going to be very entertaining.
2: (laughs) Aunt Pepper caught sight of the bunyip and yelled out,
4: Over here, Gerald. We've been looking everywhere for you. Need your help, you see. Then Aunt Pepper noticed Norris and Thrip. What are you doing with the bunyip? In fact, what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be at home with your mums? I found them in the bush. One is a little
1: under the weather.
4: Seems they lost their way while on an
1: adventure. <laughs> yep, that's right. Lost in an adventure, but we have a brilliant new joke. Morris, will you stop shaking and
2: tell them?
1: That's your hair. About the two creatures that had a new joke?
2: Everybody stared and replied that they hadn't heard of the two creatures that had a new joke. Just as well, because we haven't either. Well, the two dads grabbed their sons and with a pull and a tug, dragged them aside to give them a stern talking to and a warning not to be so cheeky.
1: Maybe we shouldn't have used the bunyip's mushroom joke?
2: Impressive! You two scallywags got the right answer! (laughs) The bunyip roared with laughter, as it was his idea to start with the joke. looks like the two weren't going to get away with it after all. Joe's problem was told to the large bunyip. He sat and listened. Interested in the problem.
1: Looks like you'll have to tread in my footprints. Then you'll be able to travel back and retrieve Iki. I must warn you though, it's not going to be easy.
5: What are you trying to say? I'm very confused. The
1: only way back is to walk in my footprints and ask for the time distributors to accept your reason for time travel. Not many people are given permission to change the time, and it can be extremely dangerous. How on earth you managed to do it stumps me. Maybe it all happened in an unfortunate accident. The time distributors are terribly careful, so this is most unusual.
5: Time distributors? What next? I'm still coming to terms with gulper waters and slurper downs, gnome-type creatures and snot. Not to mention huge bunyips and finding myself in the future.
1: Fair call. Unfortunately, that is the way it is.
2: In the background, everybody could hear the two naughty creatures getting into trouble with their dads. Once that had been sorted, everybody agreed to go fishing as it would be a good time to reflect on the footprint journey. Joe was losing patience and showing a true slurp it downs type of nature.
5: They want to go fishing! I can't believe that they're not helping me to go back now. Why do they have to wait and fish? Can they not see how important this is?
1: We've got to get going if we're going to eat fish for supper.
2: The cork a ripple creek had followed the group throughout their journey. Hopefully there would be enough fish in the creek to make up a tasty meal for everyone. Obviously, the footprint adventure was going to have to wait. It's all too
5: much now. I have to wait for the time distributors to give me permission to travel back. Hmm, they could at least let me go back to the time I should be in. I just want everything to return to the way it's supposed to be. I'm still young and everybody else has grown old. It's odd and not at all right. My little brother, Jeffrey is all grown up and I'm still a kid. There is no way I can live like this. I am a misplaced person in the
4: wrong time. Well, nothing stays the same, I guess. You are right, my girl. Life will be very hard for you, so it's important that we send you back. Joe, if you have a problem with the way we do things, it's your problem, not ours. You have to realise that we will do everything in our power to get you back as soon as possible. We need to think it out so that you'll be safe. And permission has to be sought with the time distributors. It's a matter of protocol. The Earth is changing. Strange things are happening on the planet. The fact that this travel glitch happened has us all worried. It could happen again. And we need to find out the reason so we can avoid this happening to anybody else. Gerald is an unusual bunyip. He always knows what needs to be done. You can't rush him. I think tomorrow we will have all the answers we need to travel you back in time safely.
2: Meanwhile, walking through the bush was Eekie, getting more frustrated with the invisible bubble. What if I want to eat or go to the bathroom? This is ridiculous.
3: I can't find the damn village. If I don't find home soon, I will have to travel back to Scotland and wait for Joe. (laughs) Trust me to get into trouble.
0: (laughs) It's not
2: fair. Back in Scotland, Seamus was looking everywhere for Eekie. He couldn't understand where she could have gone. Iki had announced to everybody that she was going to the bathroom, but it had been over an hour. She couldn't be found anywhere in the village. Mary was back in her kitchen preparing supper while the creatures were building up a sweat with their travelling practice outside. Mary could hear all the grunting, thumping and heavy breathing. Not at all the quiet, gentle, meditative state that Iki had been trying to teach them. Seamus walked into the kitchen... He was worried at what might have happened to Ikki, and in the back of his mind was concerned that the Dark Elves may have been up to no good.
6: Oh, you can may have gone home. Oh, do not worry. She'll be back. Pass me the spurtle, and tuck the wee heavy to all your friends outside. Oh, the travelling moun have been our muckle. They look wee bit woe for wear. Do you want to hear a joke that would cheer up Seamus? Why did the Maxlurpa throw butter out the window? It's easy if you think about it. Your day tell good jokes. But this one puzzles me. What's the answer? Because he wanted to see a butterfly
2: Seamus <laughs> <laughs> chuckled and took the barley wine to his friends. The creatures were pooped out and needed something to give them a zing. He hoped Eky hadn't given up on them and gone home as his mother had suggested. In Australia, Iki's temperament was getting worse. She was hungry and very it downs fed up. Sitting down, she decided that travelling was the only way out of this mess. Things were very strange. She had never heard of this sort of thing happening before. What was happening in the universe? She would have to suck in her pride and travel back to Scotland. The Mac creatures were her only hope. Maybe they would know all about the strange bubble that surrounded her. She felt like a prisoner, and she was still worried about where her best friend was.
3: Goodness knows if I will make it back, but anything would be better than being stuck
2: in a bubble. Iki shut her eyes and began to chant again. The colours, the spinning, and the exhilaration of anticipation. Another new adventure, and this time back to Scotland. Hopefully in the right place at the right time. The wind howled vibrating and swishing its way outside the bubble. She began to descend, her ears popping, fear causing her heart to pound. Thump, bounce, landing on the soft mosses right next to the wildflower waters. She sighed with relief. Success at last. I'm not too bad after all. Must be because I'm
3: nearly another year old. All I have to do now is remember the way back to Seamus. Here I go again. Hope nobody missed me. Oh no, I'm still in the blasted bubble. And if I'm lucky, the large meckle may be strong enough to tear it apart. I'm so hungry.
2: It wasn't long before Iki could hear all the creatures still trying to travel. She sighed. She knew that everything would be the same. The annoying creatures and her dismal attempts to keep her patience. Not to mention the weird bubble. She started to think it was dark magic. It didn't make sense that it simply materialised when she was travelling. It had never happened before. Scotland had such a past of magic, monsters and evil doings in its history. Iki only hoped that her predicament would be an easy task for the Mac creatures to undo. Seamus spotted Iki walking into the town and ran to welcome her.
6: You scared the devil out of me!
2: Where have you been? Iki explained what had happened, and Seamus looked stunned. When he attempted to cuddle his friend, the invisible bubble bounced him right off. In fact, he went flying and landed on his skinny bottom.
6: Ah, you had a huge problem. What have you managed to do to get this bubble around you? I don't know.
2: Maybe it's a dark spell? Possibly the work of the dark elves? Iki had no idea how right she was. The elves had been responsible and were chuckling and feeling very pleased with themselves. The naughty elf had managed to find an old spell book, and to his delight, found the Capture Bubble spell. The only way she would be able to get out was for the elves to say their magic antidote spell, so they would have to find the blighters and make them release her.
6: I do not imagine that the wee elves are clever enough to ken such a spell. It's ancient, complicated magic. I still feel in my bones that they monk are responsible.
3: Maybe we have to meet
6: with the leader, Matt Goppa. He will
3: know what we can do. Do
6: not underestimate the elf folk. They're very tricky and powerful. You never trust underground elves with red ends. The large Matt Goppa knew of the bubble spell.
2: It hadn't been used for hundreds of years, and it actually had been banned from being used, even by the Dark Elves. The only way they could release Ikki would be to have a meeting with the King of the Dark Elves. That was going to take a miracle to arrange. The idea that they had to have a meeting with the king only fueled the need to have the traveling spell up to scratch. It was decided that with guidance they would have enough courage to travel into the underground village. The mac creatures gathered into a large circle and Ikki began to chant. She decided to make up a chant that suited their purpose. She was Desperate to get out of the bubble and be free from the dark magic spell. The chant was urgent and precise. Her intention was almost warlike. Gather together,
3: ye Scots of the Glen. We shall travel to our enemy to fight the fight. The king of all the elves, be cautious at our sight, for the spell of
2: evil should be lifted tonight. The travelling lights swirled around the circle and they were lifted and hurled into the travelling sensation. The creatures were calm and patient, lots of smiles and chuckles, as they knew their sudden appearance into the underground world would scare the heck out of the elves. It didn't take long before they were once again at the entrance of the wooden door.
3: You would have thought that my spell would have taken us into the village, not outside this blasted door.
2: You have just been listening to The Mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek audio tales based on the children's book by Australian author Susan Pease. To find out more about these stories or to purchase hard copies, please visit susan-pease.com. That's s-u-s-a-n-p-e-a-s-e.com. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on the next magical installment of The Mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek. Listen, enjoy and learn tips on saving the planet. That is a Slurp It Downs and Gulp Waters fact. How
1: it goes this has been a Corky's Group Production 2022. All rights reserved. Until next time. It's made when you